welcome to Above Love. Above Love? Yeah. Okay. That's Mommy and Daddy's podcast? Uh, yeah. Okay. We love you. We love you. You love me too? Okay. Okay. Stop kissing. Stop kissing. All right. Welcome to another episode of Above Love. I believe this is number six. Uh, I'm Cody. And I'm Jasmine. And we're here for another episode. Uh, what's been going on, Jazz? Um, not much today was a very slow day at work, as I was mentioning. So I had a lot of time to do some other things that I need to do. Um, but this weekend was pretty good weekend for us. We had... Um, fun on Saturday, and then yeah, our day, yes. our day on Saturday. Yeah, Saturday was Saturday was super dope. Um, well, first I had to do that park restoration uh, with the Emerging One Hundred. We uh, partnered up with A's, um, Omegas, and some Alphas. Um, the AKAs actually led the effort, but uh, we pretty much just restored a park up there in Acres home. Um that was that was fun, man. It was it was a lot of hard work, but it's for a good cause, man. It's for a good cause. And uh I had to leave that early because I had to come back and get ready, get sauced up 90 style. Cause uh my partner had a, a baby shower, uh 1990s edition. So I, you know I was hyped about getting dressed in that thing, man. I was trying to win that contest. Were you excited about it or were you just acting excited because of me? No, I was excited. It's always exciting to be able to dress up and do something that you typically don't do and look typically the way you normally typically wouldn't dress. I don't uh, know, man. I don't know. Uh when I when I put when I was putting on that old outfit, man, I was like, I wish I could dress like this now. Because it just it's so comfortable. It's so nostalgic to to growing up, man. It's like, man, I remember when I used to rock this. You know what I'm saying? And it's a lot. Well, the outfit that I had was like an Anise. It was a baggy, baggy outfit, how we used to dress in the 90s and the early 2000s. And so I, it just, it was a breath of fresh air from seeing all these skinny jeans and, you know, the the just the style that's going on right now. I just, I can't really rock with that. So I, I felt good jumping back, jumping back slick like how I used to be, man. That was, that was a lot of fun. And you had your little. You had your little army fatigue jumper on and everything like that. Yeah, but your outfit wasn't really summer um, comfortable, right? It wasn't really comfortable for summertime. Well, because it was uh like it was um, it, it's not velour material, but it's kind of like it's almost velour material, but it's like the little jumpsuit with the short shirt thing. So it was a little warm, but it wasn't as bad as I thought it was gonna be, and so. That's exactly how them cats used to dress in the nineties on the East Coast for sure. Like anytime I think of uh like the later nineties, um Jewel. and East Coast. Say what? Like Jewels. Uh Jewels, they was like two thousand. I'm thinking more like Noriega, Capone, you know what I'm saying? And then uh, you know, my partner uh James, the one who actually was hosting the baby shower, he was LL Cool J and he killed it with that doggone bucket hat, man. That Kango, that thing there was so clean. He had the gold rings and all that, man. So yeah, that was dope. But what really hurt my feelings is when I saw Easy E walk through the door, man. I said, man, I know I'm not gonna win now, man. That cat was clean, right? And to be honest, I didn't even think about trying to 
um, pick somebody out of that era and kind of look like them. I kind of just looked up the different styles, and I know camouflage was in in the 90s. Bandanas were in in the 90s, but it would have been um, pretty cool to kind of pick someone out and kind of try to dress like that person. Yeah, and see, whenever you picked out that, uh, you know, the camouflage and stuff, that goes with cash money in the 90s for sure. But I also think of, like, Destiny Child, I think that, but that, I think that was in like the early two thousands. Yeah, but um, Aaliyah did a, did some camouflage, but she did it with the baggy jeans. It's just I couldn't I couldn't find baggy jeans. It's hard to find baggy jeans. Right, right, right. So next time if we go to one theme, we're gonna actually have to pick out like a couple and do the whole couple thing. You know what I'm saying? Because uh, what the other guy did, uh, he was um, it was off of the Living Single. She was Sinclair, and he was uh, what's that cast name? The uh, light skin guy, off the light skin guy. Yeah, what's his name? Ugh, I can't remember. I can't remember that cast name either. But yeah, they did that because when he came in, I was like, "Who is he supposed to be?" Then I saw her. I was like, "Ah, oh, okay." They pulled it off. They pulled it off. Dang, it's gonna bother me. I can't remember his name. But yeah, they killed it with I that. They definitely killed. Huh? <laughs> you said what? Did I go run the get the laptop. Let me see the laptop is in here. Yeah, it's going to kill me that I don't remember his name, man. Uh, I'm about to look it up. Yeah, golly. Because that was the show back in the 90s, But she man. reminded me of uh, Aunt Dale from Moesha. Aunt Dale from Moesha. Yeah. Uh, More so uh, to me. Wasn't the other girl uh, dressed like Aunt Dale? Because the, the girl with the flower hat was trying... That was her husband, the guy that we're trying to figure out from in living... I mean, living single. I say in living color. Uh, well, I, I don't know. I don't know. We just had a lot of, uh, a lot of dope, uh, outfits, and that just really set it off. That let me know it was Overton. Overton, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, over. I think I was about to say Oglesby or something like that, but that wasn't even that. That was the Parkers. So yeah, I had it, I had it mixed up. Yeah, Overton. Okay, yeah, because he was the handyman. Yeah. He played that off, man. He he looked just like him too, man. When I thought about it, but when he first walked in, like I said, I was like, I don't know what, who he's trying to be or what he's trying to pull off, but it ain't working right now. Till I found out what it actually was. But yeah, that was dope, man. Um, my boy having a, a girl. Of course, he wanted a boy. He gets a girl because you know you you just don't be, you want to have a boy first. To some people, they want to have a boy first to just make sure they protect their doggone girl. But I was the opposite, though. I think I, I wanted a girl until I found out we were having a boy. I think that's how it was. Well, I think I think that you didn't believe that your first porn was going to be a boy. So I guess you kind of was like, oh, uh, I'll have a girl. Kind of set your mind up for having a girl. But when we found out that we were having a boy, you got pretty emotional. Yeah, because then I was like, ah, oh, it's going to be a mini me. Uh, maybe that's what it was. But I really did want a girl, though, because I know how much, how uh, how the bond is between girls and their daddy, man. And so I always wanted to have, I still kind of want to have that. Um, but I might just have to uh, take one of my nieces as, as my own or something like that, because I don't know. But he's, whew, by the way, these kids are, boy, I'm going to have to do a long-distance relationship, boy. My niece is my, is my daughter, boy. <laughs> she, in, she in Georgia, but hey, you know it is what it is, boy, because they get expensive, man. Good I mean, gracious! The handphone is very hard, especially both of us working, both of us having careers to really focus that attention on a child. And if we have another child as a boy, 
and the boy comes out looking like JR, I'll probably scream. Man, I I just can't imagine how. And they say that you know uh, the second one is the total opposite of the first. I hear that from everybody, but I just feel like I will be the example not to listen to what everybody else says because anything can happen. I just feel like that's that's what would happen with me. Well, I feel like he's such a mixture of both of us that I can't imagine what the next one would be like. Yeah. Yeah, it could be very. Could be what? Could be very similar. That's scary to even think about, man. I can't, I can't wrap my head around that, man. Because little dude just take up so much of my time, and just like we fuss all the time because he thinks he's right. And he's only four, but he acts like he knows more than I do. And I've been here 32 years, but he, he knows more than I do. And, that, you know, that gets under my skin. Yeah. Now you know how I feel. No. How, how do you feel? You talking about me? Yes. Because it's personal um, to yours. You can No one can tell you anything. Once you have an idea set, it's over. Man, I, I, I think you're a little bitter. And a bit perturbed at the at the fact that I'm typically right on a lot of things, and it no, just proves it proves right. you wrong. I'm typically right on a lot of things, and you don't want to admit that I'm right. I admit when you're right, whenever it's proven. Please, you lying because I'd be like, okay, you was right. I always give you the credit at the end of the day. So I'm lying. Cody, you give me credit all the time. At the end of the day, when you actually. Okay. When you when you put me wrong, yes. I do. All right, we're not getting too far into that. I'm hoping the service isn't bad because you know this storm is this storm is crazy right now. I'm hoping this is the tail end of it as well. Uh, I can't hear you. I said it's it's calming. Can you not hear me? Yeah, I just heard you was kinda going in and out right then. Calming. Uh, yes, I've never really found storms to be calming, like how people really say, like how they have the best night of sleep and all this and all that. I've I've never been that type. To me, well, it depends on your mindset. If you if you think of storms as a negative, then you will be lean, leaning more towards it being a new a nuisance than something calming. If you actually take the time and listen to the rain pitter patter on the windowsill and just you know if you think of it positive you're leaning towards more of a more calming relaxed state so all depends on your mindset so you you a psychologist now huh no but i've been reading a lot of self-help books so i might might as well be a minor in psychology how are you gonna be a minor in psychology just from reading a couple of books no it's not a couple of books i've read, been done a lot of reading over the years mm-hmm. well Ah, I, I that may or may not be true. I just know I don't traditionally sleep well through it. A lot of the times because when it rumbles, I jump up thinking that, you know, little man's going to come running in there at any given time, especially at nighttime. So I kind of prepare myself for that because that's one of the few times that I let him actually come in our room and get into bed because I know he'll probably be scared. But most of the time he doesn't, though. Not not recently. You no, know, he's more so like you. When he's sleep, he's sleep. Yeah, yeah. Well, I guess yeah. you now because you before him, you used to wake up. Like it didn't take that much to wake you up. 
So I I actually still wake up. I just don't let you know that I'm up. Like when you get up in the mornings or anything like that, like when on the weekends when it's super early, I mean my I, I'm up. It's just I'm trying to go right back to sleep. Oh, okay. Yeah, so I ain't yeah, I just don't want because you know when I get up and get to moving around, I can't go back to sleep. So if I kind of fool my body into thinking, hey, okay, you just woke up, you know, real quick, slide back to sleep, you know, I might be able to pull it off. But uh, that's just my my experience and uh, philosophy on storms. It's uh, not not meant for you to sleep through. It means you need to make, uh, get up and make sure everything's okay before you actually go back to sleep. Yours is just sleep through it. Yep, and appreciate it because my grandma always said to sit back and watch God and appreciate His work. So that's yeah, yeah. Have you ever heard that? Um, Lightning is God taking screenshots for whenever you uh, try to get into the Golden Gates. No, I haven't heard that one. <laughs> I do see some validity in that, man. It's just a screenshot of just what's going on. You know, it could probably capture something from like the past 24 hours. No matter what you were doing, it's just a little screenshot. Just so whenever we up there trying to get in the, into the get Golden Gates, he show you the screenshot. And, you know, a screenshot's worth a thousand words. You really don't have to explain it. You in the act doing whatever. It was like, ah, this might keep you out type stuff. I heard that recently, though. Or it might have been a meme or something that I saw. But uh, let's go and move on to the um, the next topic. Um, you want to go into it? Yes. I, I know we talked briefly about celebrating our um, eighth year of marriage. And we never really went any further. But just to bring up the fact that it's been eight years. And I know that when we went back to Georgia... A lot of your homeboys was like, oh, well, tell me the secret. What's the secret? And I know a lot of people would like to kind of get a little inside scoop of our marriage. Um, I think sometimes people perceive our marriage as being perfect. And by all means, we go through our ups and downs. But I think that, you know, in order to survive a lengthy relationship and to actually be happy, because there's a difference of being in a relationship versus being happy in a relationship. Um, it's all about communication. It's all about having um, similar interests. You know, he has to have his interests and you have to be interested in his interest and vice versa. And, you know, about maintaining your individuality in a marriage too. And I believe, you know, when there are problems, to be honest about it, be able to have a a group of people that you can discuss serious issues with because that's what really helps us throughout the years being able to um, talk and communicate and get through those the rough patches yeah uh, I don't really know if it'd be considered like a secret but I do consult now I do uh, at the beginning um, I definitely didn't, but now I talk to, you know, one of my close partners, um, you know, periodically if we have, if we're having issues, but that hadn't been that often because what really, uh, rings in my head in the back of my head, anytime something's going on or some, you know, we have an issue, think about what my God dad told me, man. Cause I, I talked to him. I don't know. I guess we were having a rough time, man. It might've been a year ago. Uh, it might have been two years. 
it probably was about two years ago, a uh, year and a half, close to two years. And I had talked to my goddad, and the, um, the insight he gave me, man, because he and my godmom have been married for a long time. Let's see, I'm 32. I'd venture to say maybe like between 32 and 35 years because they've been married the same amount of time as mom and dad. Okay. So, so that, you know, they, they got cool whenever dad came down to Fort hood and met pops. Um, and actually, uh, moms was pregnant with Kim while, uh, mama was pregnant with me. You know, that's how it kind of clicked, you know, it was similar situation. They just got into the military and stuff like that. So that's how they became my godparents. But yeah, um, I have a lot of serious conversations with my goddad and uh, he, 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 he put me in, he put me in line, man. It wasn't anything that I wanted to hear because it was a, it must've been a pretty big argument and a pretty big, uh, a pretty big deal. But uh, man, he hit me with some real talk. And when, you know, I, I couldn't say anything, but listen, I couldn't say, I mean, I, I really didn't have any words. So I just had to listen. What was the At that point, the, uh, I can't give you all that advice. You know what I'm saying? That's, uh, can't give something. I can say one thing that he um really stressed is because he knew you, you know, well he knows you, and uh, he knows your spirit and everything. He said, "Son, you know, if you mess this up, you messed up a good one. You might not ever find anything else. So whether you want to think you're right on this subject or not, is it worth jeopardizing the entire relationship?" And I was like. You know, I couldn't say anything because I'm still, you know, I mean, when I get mad about something, I feel like I'm justified in being mad. You know, I I don't I really don't care about anything else at that point. That's just, you know, I'm still working on that, you know. But uh, when he said that, I was like, man, and so I continued to listen to him talk after that. And um, that was some serious piece of advice. It definitely was. some. It was similar to um, you remember when I first started working and I was down there in Robstown. This is what, 2000. Well, no, it had to be 2010 because we had gotten married, and I gave you my car, mm-hmm. and I, I gave you that car. You know, I love, I love that car. That was my pride and joy because I had just bought it, uh, however many months prior, right? And this was gonna be your first car, so I wanted you to have a nice car. You know, your first car wanted to be nice, so I gave you that, and um, I got me a, a car, but of course, yours was the nicest. And I still love that car. I don't know how I brought myself to give it to you, but I remember you were backing into that uh, the garage and um and <laughs> that apartment that we were uh, that we got. And I knew I was going to be able to uh, transfer down there in a couple of months. But this is right after we got married, and you back into there, and you carelessly popped off my side mirror <laughs> on that car, and you called me, and I was at work, and you told me, and I wanted to go clean off, but the only reason why I didn't is because, you know, I don't like the, I don't like the, uh, talk while I'm angry, especially with you. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'll just cut everything, just cut everything at the root. I'll say, okay, I'll call you back. I say, are you okay? All right. I'll call you back. And so, man, I was sitting in there and it was one of these seasoned guys, man. He was probably about 50. He was, he was retirement age. Uh, he was late fifties. And, um, he told me, he said, man, he said, because he, he used to see me drive the car up there to work. And he said, uh, she she knocked the mirror off of him. I said, yeah, she sent me the picture. And I showed him the picture. He was like, ooh. I was like, yeah, man, it's bad. I said, man, I just want to take the car back, you know, all this and all that. And I want to go off on her, da 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 
and he was like, man, one thing you're going to learn, because we had only been married, what, four months at that point, something like that, maybe? And he said, one, one thing you're going to learn is you need to pick your battles. And I was like, man, but this, you know, this this is a strong battle of mine. You done messed up. My baby messed up my baby. You know what I'm saying? And that, but it hurt. Yeah, that so which baby was important? That's why I didn't go off on you, because obviously you weighed a little bit higher. I ain't going to say, you know, how much higher, but you, you was <laughs> a little bit higher. You know what I'm saying? So I didn't, I didn't um, go off on you. I don't know if you don't remember that or not. But I didn't I didn't go off on you. I didn't say anything. I think next time I called you back, I was like, let's try to figure out, you know, how we're going to get it fixed. And so we had to pay the deductible and everything. And I I don't know if you were surprised that I wasn't angry or not. Or maybe you didn't even think twice about it. But I was pissed. I was so pissed. That hurt. That hurt my heart. That literally hurt my heart. Just ring the doorbell. And JR is running. Let me... Somebody literally rang the doorbell. Well, people, I just want to let y'all know that I was extremely mad. And I almost lost all Because I was willing to divorce her over that. Because if you're going to do that at the beginning of our, of our marriage, that means you're not going to care about anything else that we have in the marriage. You just back up into the garage, not even paying attention, and knock off the mirror. And this mirror was expensive. Expensive. Okay, I'm back but, yeah, I was just telling the I was tell, I was explaining the um situation in a little bit more detail while you were while you were dealing with what you were dealing with. But yeah. um, what what were you Daniel, saying? It was Daniel. He was bringing the rum for us to try the recipe. He bought some rum. It was the rum he used for the recipe. Oh, okay. And he was like, top. he said, "I hope I didn't interrupt the podcast." And I was like, uh. <laughs> you should have put him on there. You should have been like, hey, yeah, you right here. What you got to say to the people? <laughs> I didn't take the phone, of course. No, that was a good choice. Um, But, yeah, I don't. Could you tell that I was upset at that point? Um, Yes, because you really didn't speak to me for, like, a long time. Like, nah. No, like, seriously, you only spoke to me when you had to speak to me. It wasn't like you were. When, when you're mad, you don't realize it. When you're mad, you kind of. Um, refrain from talking, which you know, um, later in our relationship, I realized you were doing that to think about what you're gonna say before you say it because you never really disrespected me or anything throughout our entire relationship because you always make sure that you think before you speak. So I, I grew to appreciate that, but I guess maybe a couple of weeks after that you really didn't talk to me unless you had to. It wasn't like you um, sparked up just random conversation just to, to have conversation. It was like you were you were upset. Yeah, I, I didn't. I don't recall it being like a couple of weeks, but I, maybe, maybe, maybe it was. Maybe I mean, it was, maybe it was further. Maybe I'm used to college, but college used to be weeks. Um, but, um, no, because in college, you used to do stuff that was really, 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 that was stuff you used to do in college was way worse. And you deserved that in college. I guarantee you did. But I still made sure you ate every day, though. Yeah, that's how I knew that you were the one because I really messed up one time. And and we were together all the time and we went to get something to eat almost every 
well, every, what, every evening after my classes, we got something to eat, and this one thing I did, it was really stupid, it was, Cody was pissed off at me, and I was thinking, okay, what am I going to do for it? get something, maybe I can get my roommate to get, go get me something to eat, maybe I need to get some groceries, but Cody had called me, he wasn't talking to me, um, he had called me and told me to just come outside, and I was like, okay, so I thought that he may want to talk, and all he did was handed me um, a stuffed to-go plate from the Chinese buffet and then just took off. <laughs> so I was like, okay, he cares about me even in the midst of, you know, me messing up and him being mad at me. Even though he's not talking to me, he made sure that I was fed. Yeah, but you did know. He literally went- handed me the plate. You could probably would have ran over my foot, handed me the plate and took off. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't remember I don't remember it as uh, vividly as you do but um, I can definitely see myself doing that if I did that much I know what I, whatever I was playing in the car it was a message to you so I don't know what song I was playing but I know I had the last one you playing a song because usually you were pretty loud back then so I don't remember you playing anything so but I was riding the silence. But I know that if I probably would have had my foot in the way, you probably would have ran over that mug without even knowing to, that you ran over it. But literally, you came by. You told me come outside. That's all you said. All you said, you called me. You said come outside. So I came outside and you handed me the plate. You looked at me and then you just took off. You didn't <laughs> say I got your plate. This is why you didn't say anything. Well, I mean, ain't nothing to be said here. Eat. And leave me alone. You know what I'm saying? Like I don't. It was cool that because you could have just at that time you could have been like you know what forget her. You know most people would do that, but you actually cared about my. Make sure that I didn't have to depend on nobody else to get something to eat. So. Yeah, I definitely remember that time. Yep, it was some rough times. Well, I don't, I don't, I don't know how I stuck around, Jasmine. Um, that's the same God because. You know, I had my doubts here and there, and you had your doubts. No, nah, I don't think I, I don't think I really had doubts. I, I think I realized early on that we were meant to be together. It's just I had my frustrations, yeah. and so that wasn't that wasn't necessarily uh, doubts. That was just me. I mean, I never really had a doubt. Like, is he the like? Oh, is he the one due to your behavior? It was just our circumstances. You know, like we talked about. And on our podcast before, like you were, you were had a job in Florida. I had a job. I mean, not a job, but it, I was going to school in Texas, and so I didn't know. Due to our circumstances, I didn't know what our future was going to be about. Right, right. But everything worked out, and see, that kind of goes to show. Um, people asking, like, "What's the secret?" Like, it kind of bothers me whenever I do hear that because it's like. It's no secret recipe, man. It's like making, you know, cooking. When I cook gumbo, you know, people want to know my recipe. And some sometimes you have recipes for your for your food and have recipes for uh, things that turn out great. But other times you just do you, you do what it takes. Like whenever I'm making my gumbo, you know, I don't measure anything. You know what I'm saying? I just give it what it needs, taste it periodically. I think that's the same thing with the relationship. You go through the relationship and when you come to a bump in the road, you get out the doggone car and you assess it. You deal with it together. However, that happens, you know, where it might need a little bit more paprika. You know what I'm saying? It might need a little bit more uh, pepper. Whatever it needs at that point in time, you give it that. 
and you taste can... it again. And when it when it tastes good enough to continue <laughs> on, you continue on. Yeah, you, you give it the attention that it needs. And I think that may be some of the issue. A lot of people, um, they have they have issues and they have things and they and their defense mechanism is to just move on without talking about those things. And that's one thing that me and you do. I don't care if I'm mad at you over a little bit thing, little bit thing, you know, I speak my mind, you, you speak your mind eventually. Hold on. JR, go in there, please. You'll get some later. Wait, we're almost done. Close the door. Close the door. Thank you. But um okay, what was I saying? But I think that's it. That's the that's the secret, if you want to call it a secret. You know, you have to address things in a respectful way. Um, sometimes you may have to get your emotions and your thoughts together and approach things, but never just have an issue with someone, especially the person that you're laying next to every night, and not address those issues and think that if you sweep those things on the rug, that they won't come up later. They will come up later. You know, you don't want to make make little small things add up to even bigger things. And I think that's... Um, that's a big thing to, to assess in your relationship. That, that element right there is paramount to the entire relationship because, you know, small things can build up and they become big things. And so if they're never addressed, it's always, and another thing and another thing, you know what I'm saying? And so when those, and those other things get bigger, cause those are varying size. Like the next thing you might bring up might be something very small but the thing that you say and another thing, that thing might be huge. You know what I'm saying? So it's, you got all these issues that some of them are important, some of them aren't. And then now you're at a point to which one do I address? Do we discuss the big issue? Do we discuss the small issue? Because if we discuss the big issue, the small issue is still there. Now you got a clean house. You got to discuss each individual issue to keep it from coming back up. But if, that, but if you're addressing those issues during a time where there's a whole nother issue and those issues will seem irrelevant at the time, then you, you then you still don't get to get dis- discuss those issues because the other person's probably like, well, "Why are you bringing the that up?" And it just be it just it just be snow. It's a snowball effect. It just gets bigger and bigger. Right. I think that's exactly right. That's exactly right. And I know um, personally, when it, you know, I don't really talk much whenever I'm upset, which I, like I said, I still need to work on that, but it can be times to where I'm upset about a certain thing. And you know, I'm upset about a certain thing and then something else happens between the couple of days that I'm willing to talk about it. And so I got two things that I'm upset about when we actually do have a discussion and I'm able to just bring myself back to where I should have been, you know, originally to discuss it uh, as an adult, but I'm, you know, I'm not there yet still, but at that point I bring everything to the table. You know, no matter how small it might seem to you, I'm like, hey, this meant such and such to me. You know, that like, we need to address it some kind of way. I'm, I'm not necessarily just asking for a direct apology from you, but I do need some type of explanation for why this happened. No matter how small it might be to you, it was significant enough for me to actually take offense. You know what I mean? Right. And, and yeah, that's important, too, even if small things. Because I know one time, I can't remember exactly the specifics, but you were saying, you later came back and told me you hurt my feelings when you said that. And when I, and the thing that I said, it wasn't really anything to hurt your feelings. It wasn't like we were into it and I said something mean. You know, we were just, we weren't even mad at each other or anything. It was just a regular day. And I just had said something that kind of 
made you feel a certain kind of way. And it was very important that you came to me later on and say, well, hey, I didn't like um, that you said that to me or the way you said that made me feel this way. Yeah. And that 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 may make me sound soft and make make me sound, you know, a little emotional. But, you know, it's times that I have to actually do that. You know what I'm saying? Instead of holding stuff in, it's times that I actually have to let be vulnerable. You know, like we said a couple of podcasts before, you know, this is one of the small outlets that we have to be vulnerable, which is in your relationship with your spouse. You know what I'm saying? And so that was I was at a, I was at that point to where I was ready to let you know what made me feel a certain type of way. And, you know, that's not every day that I, I feel like that. No, you don't do it every day. It's very it's actually rare, but you do like if it really hurts your feelings, you do let me know. And that's very important. And you should, in the person that you're laying next to every night, you should be able to trust them. You should be able to go to them and talk to them about anything. You shouldn't be able, you shouldn't be having to tiptoe around certain things, certain issues, scared to address certain things, speak your mind, especially if it's in a respectful way. You know, that person that you're laying next to, you should be able to tell anything to, in my opinion. Yeah, I I agree. I definitely agree. And, um, you know, those aren't any secrets. Those are, like we said, dealing with things as they come, but dealing with them in an adult manner, I guess. Because as long as you're, you know, you can vocalize your your feelings on any subject or anything like that. No matter to the other person, it'll still be respected and received in a respective manner. Correct. And I think and I think another important thing is to keep your eyes in your own lane. I think so many people, um, especially with the social media, you see pictures and you can kind of think you have kind of infer certain things that are not really true about certain things. And you can always idolize other people and other people's relationships. And you never know. Everyone goes through something. And it's not really healthy to compare your relationship with somebody else's. It's actually the exact opposite. to somebody else's is one of the worst things that you can actually do because you're only comparing what you see. You know what I'm saying? Like you might see me step out with some brand new Jordans. Every time they come out, actually come to the crib and chill with me you'll see that all of jordans and i'm staying with somebody else you know what i'm saying like i'm it might not be what you think it is you think oh he got all the jays he own it no one aspect of my life that you are actually privy to you don't know about the rest of it right and people people don't uh, understand that because social media lets you post what you want to post you can display what you want to display you can show your good side but everybody has a bad side but you can show your good side and nobody ever know the bad side unless they're that close you know to you right and even the good stuff you know because like a lot of stuff that i post on social media i never i'm not the type of person that posts stuff trying to make something look like something that it isn't you know if of course i don't i don't put out my entire business um, for a good reason, but I'm not going, if I'm not having a good day, I'm not going to post something and act like I'm having a good day. You know, most of my posts is, if they look like I'm having a good day, I'm actually am having a good day. But even in that, there are stories behind those posts. 
you know, you can't just take a, a, a social media image and think that you've concluded about somebody's life because there's always a background story. Right, right. You're definitely right. You're most definitely right. I always tell everybody there's um there's always a chapter in your biography that you don't want read out loud. And that just basically means that we all go through things and we all have things that we're not necessarily happy about. You know what I'm saying? It just, it just doesn't need to be displayed uh, for everybody to see. It happened and it is what it is, or it happens and it is what it is. You just don't want to necessarily display it for everybody to see to throw it back in your face. You know what I mean? You're going to be able to grow together if you tell when you're going through bad things and you you just need to be able to have a, a, a group of people or somebody, a buddy, someone that you could be able to be your real raw self with, someone that's going to hold you accountable, that you could talk to about certain things, someone that's not going to judge you. And that's important to me. Like, I don't judge other people's relationships. You know, even if it's a situation that I may have handled differently, of course I'm going to handle it differently. Of course I'm not going to let my husband talk to me or do certain things toward me because I'm a different person. I'm not that person, so that other person. So it's best to, you know, be able to be a listening ear, ear to people, but not judge them for the decisions that they make or the things that are going on in their relationship. Because at the end of the day, you never know when you may be facing that same situation. Yeah, and I think uh, what you're saying to piggyback on that, I feel that people should selectively um, have their friends privy to certain information um, you need to know who's actually there for you you need to know who feels like your competition is like up against you and it takes a little bit of time to actually kind of weed that out but and it's best that I think it's people, crucial best to talk to people who know both of you too I think in my opinion because sometimes if you have especially a woman if you have a girlfriend that just really know you they may come around your husband um they may know of your husband, but it's nice to have people that know both of you guys to be able to talk to you because they, they're able to not just be on one side. They're able to be on both sides. That, that That's true, but it also could complicate things if they end up choosing one side on, on a certain issue because then they're, they're, they're having to stick with that side. Or let's say somebody chooses my side and we're having a known issue. After we resolve that issue it might not be easy for you to be able to look at the person that was quote unquote, our friend, but was on my side. Then I'm not just saying you in particular, I'm just saying in general, some people might hold a grudge like, Oh, you was on, you know, you was on his side. So, you know, I don't trust you as much anymore. Well, you know what I mean? The thing is about maturity. I mean, some people are not ready to take certain steps to make things work. I mean, people, like I always say, people always want something, but people are not willing to do the work to get there. And you have to have a certain type of maturity for things to work. I mean, point blank, period. Um, everybody's not always going to be on your side. You're not always right. Um, if a friend comes to you and tells you, hey, you're not right about the situation, I'm on this side, you need to listen. And, you know, there may be some truth in that. And to be able to, and, and don't hold that person, uh, don't hold a grudge against that person because that person wasn't on your side. Heck, you're wrong, you're wrong. Yeah, but it's about maturity, and if you're not willing to be mature, then you're not willing to grow, and you're not willing for things to get better. Yeah, 
I agree. I agree. Uh, but to uh, kind of close out that topic, like I said from the beginning, I really don't feel like there's a secret recipe to anything. Um, it's, it's just you fixing what comes up as it becomes a problem, as it becomes an issue. Right. Addressing Anything the- else? Hmm? Yeah, addressing the situation right away, communicating with each other, um, building trust. Even you know, even if you've been together for a while and that trust is not there, it's not too late to try to build that trust. You have to have trust within a relationship um, or it's really not going to work or you're not going to be happy in it. There's no point in living life with someone if you're not going to be happy. Of course, every day is not going to be like Tamar says, lingerie and Marvin Gaye, but you know, the majority of that time you should um, be content. And if not, then you should find ways to try to fix that. Right, right. So we can move on to our, our next topic. Um, I believe it's something you wanted to talk about with the, the children being the future and when we actually seriously start planning for that future. Uh, what were you wanting to get at with that uh, topic? Well, you know, I may hurt some people's feelings, but um, it's going to get real. I remember when we first had JR and we were so concerned about when I was when I decided to go back to work. Um, we were concerned about what school he was going to go to. And I'm not going to call out any names or anything, but there were certain people who kind of made fun of us about being concerned about what school he's going to. Oh, it's just daycare. Put him in a daycare. And it's like, no, there's different curriculums. There's different programs. There's different teachers. I mean, there's a lot to assess when putting your child somewhere, especially if you're going to be paying a weekly um, tuition, uh, it's very important. And you want your child to be somewhere where they're going to learn, grow, and they're going to be ready and prepared. And I think it even... Can we, can we call out the names? I really want to call out the names. No. Really, Cody? Yeah, man. We'll get more hits. You know what I'm saying? It makes us more popular. We'll be out there in the streets. Talking about maturity and you're going to talk about some name and names. <laughs> okay, keep going. Uh, obviously, not going to let but, like, we actually got made fun of, and I think the reason why we got made fun of is because Cody and I, we we have, well, Cody works for the federal government. I work for corporate America. But, you know, we have decent jobs, and we kind of planned our child. You know, we kind of did something a little bit different than most people our age do. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily generalize and say most people. I, I can just say some something that's we 20- not necessarily the norm. They about 26 that- Huh? Don't think about us being 30. We were 26. 25, 26. I mean... We were young and we were make doing things that making decisions that people our age don't make. Such as like having a child? Period? Well, get, we got married. We, we built our own house. Well, we didn't build our house. We got, we got our house built and... We decided to have a baby. We had a baby and we were making like we were making very mature decisions and concerned about certain things where people our age are kinda of laughing at us. Oh y'all y'all taking that too serious. Y'all too serious. Well, I, okay. I can agree on the last part saying make making it making it a little bit too serious on the decisions that we made. Yeah, because we put a lot of thought into those decisions. But I just was I, I, I don't I didn't wanna 
let you just say like that wasn't the norm or something like that. You know what I'm saying? Like just say, okay, it was, it was a, a certain decision that we took to make, make certain focal points um, generalized around the family. Right. Yes, I know. Um, particular, I have posted a video. Jr. was just at two years old actually, and he was learning Spanish. And someone had comment, well, you know, you got him. You guys paying for that expensive school for him to 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 do all that? I mean, they kind of was just very negative about a two year old learning to speak another language instead of being happy or or maybe surprised that he's learning it so early. But it was just very or not even or not even saying anything. Like, why are you putting negativity out there like that? Like, that's that's immature. Yeah, not not just think as a culture, and I'm just speaking to my culture because I. I and address any other cultures but I know that a lot of times we don't think about our ch- children's future until they're in junior they're um, juniors in high school or even seniors in high school sometimes we don't even think about it until they're about to walk across daggone graduation stage and I think that we have to change the way that we think it matters um, what your children are exposed to um, will influence how they think it will influence um, their decisions, what they think their options, what they think their options are. You know, you can't wait till your child is in 11th, 12th grade and saying, hey, what do you, what do you want to do when you want to be? Of course, you know, not everyone's going to be fully um, confident in what they're going to do or be at that age, but, you know, we should start early trying to get our kids exposed to a lot of different things. So maybe when they are that age, they do have some idea. Even if they change their minds later on, they have some idea. Yeah, um, I definitely agree with that. I um, I I showed you some form of that whenever we were having Jr. And the first thing I wanted to do was set up a college fund, and you disagreed with me about doing that, but I felt such a passion to do so that you know we ended up getting it or at least starting it up and um i don't remember exactly what your reservations were i know they were justified whenever we had a a discussion about it okay you know what the reservation was it had nothing to do with you actually setting up the college fund of course that's a great idea it has something to do with our situation at the time financial situation yes and what i thought was more important was to make sure he had a college fund and the reason why is because i have a bunch of um a bunch of student loans uh, because I had to put myself through school. And I feel like that's putting anybody behind. Uh, you, you step out into the world in debt. And I feel like if that, if that can be avoided, it should be avoided. And so I wanted to make it a priority to actually put money towards the college fund in case he doesn't get a scholarship academic or, you know, um, athletic either or I just wanted to make sure we had money going in early to where, you know, it comes out the check and we don't have to worry about it. You know what I'm saying? It's already there. So by the time he reaches, you know, 18, bam, he has money to at least go to, you know, uh, a local school and not have to pay a lot of money or whatever. And so I just wanted to have that option for him because I don't want him graduating from school and jumping straight into debt. That's, that's not, that's not what I want. And he might not even, I mean, he can get to a point where he feels like he doesn't even want to go to school. He wants to do something else or whatever. I just want to make sure I have that base covered for him. 
And that's just something personal that I actually had because I, I, I honestly feel like I was a little bit left behind and me and a bunch of other people, man, if you got to take out student loans and stuff like that, cause you were blessed. You didn't have to take out student loans. Like you said, a couple podcasts ago, you basically got paid to uh, go to school, which is great. Um, and if in the near future, it's going to be a lot more people that will experience that because these, these scholarships are becoming plentiful as long as you just apply for them. So, well, you yeah. know, knowledge and I think that is a very important thing to say a lot of people don't know those things are out there right and so that's what um you know that's exactly what you know my organization is trying to do kind of enhance the um opportunities that are out there and I'm pretty sure a lot of other people are doing that man I, I it's it might be small and it, you know it might not be publicized on the local news and things of that nature like it should be but you know, it's definitely getting better. And so instead of being a um, pessimist and saying, you know, uh, it's not enough exposure to the available resources, I'd rather be an optimist and say, hey, you know, we're introducing people to these opportunities every single day. And so, you know, I want to have those opportunities well as well, but I wanted to actually make sure I was putting my money where my mouth was, like for my son. I wanted to make sure I was putting money towards it every single month. It was just big. It It was big to me. And I guess... I wasn't arguing about the concept you know it was a whole different situation at that time but you're absolutely right we do need to invest in our children early we don't need to wait until the last minute and then try to tell them oh you need to go out there and we're on figure it out you know because that's why we have an advance as a culture because we we always start off at the bottom you know you mean a disadvantage you mean we have a disadvantage you said advance I'm sorry the disadvantage that we a disadvantage that we start off at the at the very bottom when we started you know my grandpa gave me a certain dollar well I didn't go to college with nothing because my grandpa gave me a pretty good lump sum of money to go to college with but it wasn't going to last forever you know so so you know but at, at the same time it wasn't enough for me to be able to have Later on, I kind of took that and worked and worked and worked and kind of grew on that and kind of had a little bit of, of a savings of my own. Um, I mean, let's be honest. I mean, the amount of money he gave you was significant, especially for the time that it was whenever he gave it to you, because this was what, right. 06. That was a, that was a, a decent amount. I, I'll just say it, it was like it was a thousand dollars, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah, he gave you a gift of $1,000 for graduation. So that's what you got. A lot of people end up getting a lot of money from graduation, by the way, because people send stuff in. But what I want to kind of capitalize on is the fact that, yes, you had that, but that's all you had, and you wanted to get a degree. A four-year degree does not cost $1,000. Right. But, you know, my grandpa, he didn't, he didn't have his high school education, so he had a GED, and, you know, he's working at a restaurant. So for him to be able to give me that amount of money like that, no, that was huge. That was love. That that showed you that he really, you know, viewed you as his daughter. He still views you as his daughter. You're not his granddaughter. You're his daughter. You know what I'm saying? But, like, but when even, you talk to him today, that's what he says. You're his daughter. But even something of that um, amount, even though it wasn't going to cover cost of living for four years, um, I still was able to take that money and add to it by getting my own job later on. It's important. I mean, it's not really about um, and the scholarship, and yeah, you, and having the scholarship because you didn't have to spend that thousand. 
But the point I'm trying to make is you don't have to stress yourself out trying to make sure your child is fully covered their full years in college, but even giving them something. A lot of kids go to school with nothing. They go straight into getting loans. And they give them to you quick, too. You know, all you have to do is say, ah, I might be interested in the loan. You pretty much have uh, preliminarily signed your name on the dotted line. All they need is the uh, the ink to actually be put to the paper just to dry it up. That's all they need. And then, bam, you got however much you requested. You can request $100,000 and get you a $100,000 loan. Well, hell, even, even – and then they do that for kids, and that's crazy. Well, not they're grown, I guess, now. But um, you got to think about it now. We get so much junk mail. You've been pre-approved this, pre-approved that. We felt fell for all that. We be sitting under the damn rock somewhere, you know? Because yeah, they be trying to give you like 50000 a 100000 You pre-approved, da 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 Yeah, they, they try to throw it at you. It's very important to be, to be educated and not necessarily degree-wise. I'm talking about when you get a piece of paper in front of you, read it. Understand what you're signing. Understand what the consequences are. What are the advantages? What are the disadvantages? You know, is it worth it? You know, you have to plan out things. It's very important to take stuff serious. You don't, you don't get let somebody tell you, oh, I'm going to give you a hundred thousand dollar loan. Oh, okay, I'm going to sign because I just need that money. Read the paperwork. What does that cost? Because it comes with it. It doesn't come free. You know, it comes with the cost. What is the interest rate? You know, it, you get this hundred thousand dollar loan. Next thing you know, when you when you're done with school, it's now six hundred thousand dollars. You know, right. you right. have to be you have to educate yourself and understand what you are doing, and don't be too eager to to get something because it satisfies something at the moment. You know, you don't want to be able, you don't want to get out of school and then you have to work for another ten, twenty years trying to pay off a debt that wasn't worth getting in the first place. <laughs> I'm be honest with you, the majority of people that take out student loans, they don't pay it off in 10 to 20 years. They pay it off a long time after that, maybe 30. I know my dad, he's still working on his payments. Well, I mean, it, people who are really serious about paying their student loans, they don't get it deferred or uh, they go straight in. If you go straight into paying it, you know, you probably pay it off quicker, but, you know, the longer you... Um, defer it and the longer you try to haul off paying it of course it's going to take you longer to pay it right you're right you're right definitely right Um, I'd like to transition into our last topic Um, I didn't really want to talk about it but I think you wanted to say a few things about the uh, Santa Fe High School tragedy here in uh, Texas yeah because when it when it happened um, first I want to say that my condolences to the families affected to the children that are still in the staff that are still mentally affected because it's going to be very hard for them to go back to school and feel safe. And that's not really a good place for anyone to be. And for all the parents that still have to send their children to school to finish out and have to worry about their safety, it's just no bueno. And I think that that resonated throughout the entire school systems in Houston and surrounding areas. And my heart goes out to those people that um, have to, that are dealing with tragedies and that are living in fear until they are able to come home. Um, but another thing that really bothers me is that people don't take anything serious 
or care about anything until it hits home. And for for this whole thing to change, there's a lot. There's you can't say okay, we need a, we need more restriction on gun laws. We you know there's not one thing that can be done that's going to solve these issues. A lot of these issues are mental issues. You know, people are doing this, these things because of the mental health of America is not good at all. And that's no easy solution to that. And, you know, it's really, I just, I guess I just don't like it when people try to make it as simple as, okay, we need to restrict the gun laws. Okay, we need to increase security. Because I think there were security guards actually on campus and he still managed to kill eight people. I mean, it's just, it's a very tragic thing, but it's something that's not going to be fixed with just one solution. I definitely agree with it's not going to be fixed with one solution. I just don't, I don't like arguing uh, semantics, man, because a lot of people will say the gun laws and other people will say gun laws have nothing to do with, you know, somebody coming inside your school and just breaking all security codes and things of that nature. I understand that, but we have to pinpoint it to something and we have to start somewhere. We can't just be moving in circles because a lot of people move in circles. They say, okay, the gun, gun laws. Okay. We need security. Okay. We need this. We need that. Nothing's ever focused on. And that's why nothing ever gets done. And the thing is something happens in a school shooting, a serious school shooting happened in Florida not too long ago. Okay, and even what really just listen to news people were like, well, we didn't think that something like that, you know, you hear about mass shootings, but you don't think something like that's going to get close to home. Now everybody's on security alert. And it, just today they found five um, people that brought guns or made threats in school. And it was like, well, if that situation had happened on Friday, would they have been, when, would they have been focused on finding those people today? You know, there's a lot of things that you can do to um, to um, secure your schools, but people don't want to do that until something happens. You know, someone made a comment that mass shootings don't happen in urban schools. I mean, that's something to look into. Why don't? Why doesn't that happen? You know, a lot of urban schools are um, they have metal metal detectors, but a lot of these suburbia schools don't want to have that kind of they want to have this false sense of security and it's 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 hard to to swallow that you live in different it's a different world out there you know it's a different time and security and safety of your children comes first versus what something aesthetically looks like you know the first thing first is to make sure the schools are more secure and i think someone commented about um them building a stadium I don't know if they were referring to um, the new stadium in Katy because I don't think it was seventy-five million to to make. Was it? I can't remember. Uh, it was definitely in the multiple millions. So then someone was like, "Well, someone donated donated those millions. You need to get to the donor because if someone donates millions of dollars to the stadium, they have to make a stadium." But the whole point that person was trying to make, which went over that other person's head, was that you're focused on the wrong things. You're spending so much money um, focusing on sports or focusing on whatever else 
what about security? Do kids even know what to do, you know, during something like this? I'm going to cut you off right there. Um, when people get to discussing, uh, you know, the amount of money that they pay for the, the venue that the kids play, either football, basketball, whatever, and they're probably discussing it because they get paid some way off of that. The people that are giving that money, they get paid on the back end, some type of way off of that. It's not going to be that whole $75 million up front, but they have uh, revenue that they actually get periodically off of it. They have more than enough incentive to do what they do. And so it's not necessarily focused on the um, on the kids, on the university, or anything like that. Sadly, you know, it's not. Right. And I, I hate that, but that's what it is, man. I mean, it, that that's that's where we live. That's that's our country. But I think the first thing that needs to be people don't realize. People always go looking for okay, the president needs to do something. Okay, Congress needs to do something. Okay, restricting gun law, having restricted there's restricted drugs laws, and people are still selling and on drugs, right? Yeah. So what needs to be focused on is what can you do locally? You know, what that, what can we do? That needs to be the only focus because, you know, at the level you were talking on, I was I, I didn't want to speak on that because you were saying the president, Congress and stuff like that. I, I, I don't like <laughs> speaking on that because that that really has little to do with change, period. So, yes, what you're saying is us focusing on local uh local uh, administrations that's what we need to focus on and that's what we need to look at that's what we should care about first and foremost period right. I was just saying that's the first thing people run to and if I was administrator of a school and my school went through that my focus wouldn't be on okay I'm going to sit here and demand that the president do something no what as an administrator as a school board as a well I don't know how they do it here in um in Houston, but as a school district, what are we going to do to ensure that our kids are safe in school? What and you don't you don't think those conversations are happening? I know those conversations are happening. First first and foremost, I know from people that actually are sitting in those seats. Right. Those conversations happen, but it doesn't go beyond that because that's lower priority. And that goes to that's just the way the country is. We're not you're not necessarily the country's not making money off of the school system i don't really think it's a country thing i think it's just a a human thing because even at my job um one of my coworkers, she works the front desk that one of the administrative assistants she works the front desk for the because the secretary takes a lunch and there was some people that came in that were just standing there you know they didn't have any business you know at at the establishment um and they were kind of rude to her and there's no call button. There's nothing. And she was kind of worried about like, this is not safe. You know, when someone comes in and she brought that up to, um, she brought it up to her, her boss and they really didn't look, they didn't really do anything further than that. You know? And it's like, sometimes people don't think about dangers of stuff until something happens. But I bet you if something like that happens, someone comes in there and, and shoot to harass someone, then they're going to be trying to, 
oh, well, let's let's put this in place. And I'm pretty sure the stuff that they kind of think of to put in place real quick is just throw something up there so it can look like we're doing something. But you sh- you shouldn't have to wait until something happens to address the situation. People don't want to invest and spend money on on things for preventive measures. You know, I, they- I get it. I get it. But don't y'all have guards? No, we have security guards at nighttime. Only at nighttime. Okay. Yeah, I mean, trust me, I definitely get it because, you know, the line of work that I'm in and things that I might have to do that might put me in danger just because of, you know, uh, different characteristics that I might have, to uh, say the least. Um, Yeah, so I definitely understand. Uh, A lot of people that walk around with a false sense of security, I I don't care where I am, and maybe that's because where I grew up. But I don't care where I am. I'm looking over my shoulder. I'm, I'm looking at people. If I go, if I pull up like today, I wanted to stop by a certain gas station. It wasn't too many people in there. And I saw some people, you know, I may, you know, just it, something didn't seem right. I didn't go in that. I didn't go in that gas station. I mean, always on alert, even if I am in a decent area. You know, a lot of people have a false sense of security. When you send your kids to school, I pray over JR's school building all the time, you know? Well, see, that false sense of security, um, I don't think I've ever had that, a false sense of security. I don't think you've ever had that, as you just stated. You're always cautious of where you pull up and what you do, where you do business and things like that. I'm the exact same way. But that's because we've been exposed to several different um, areas. You know what I mean? Like, we, we know good can be bad and bad can be good. It can look bad and be good and it can look good and be bad. Like we know, you know, always be on guard. And a lot of people don't actually understand that concept because they've never actually been in a situation to where they've seen anything bad happen in a good area or anything good happen in a bad area. So they automatically never want to go to the bad areas, always want to go to the good areas, not knowing that at some time, at some point, the good areas are only set up for something bad to happen eventually. You know what I'm saying? Like people don't understand that and that's not for every situation, but it's a possibility. You know what I'm saying? And a lot of people don't understand that. In general, people just don't want to believe something can happen to them. Just like STDs. I mean, when we we were in school, sex education, I mean, they put the photos up and the graphic details of, you know, sexual transmitted diseases and, you know, and, and talk about AIDS and stuff. And people were still, you know, messing around and not using protection like oh well it can't happen to me i'm like who do you think you are i mean it scares you for a week but you know that second week you're like oh okay i'm still cool ah uh, you know ah uh, that's basically what that's he, basically people's reaction to everyday life right you know what i'm saying he, that can happen to you until it does right and then it's too late when it does happen exactly just like you're saying they don't take preventative measures at uh job sites until something happens but then it's too late you know what i'm saying like that's Therein lies the danger. Right. Yeah. But um, I think we need to go ahead and um, close this podcast out. I think this is a great conversation. I definitely enjoyed it. I got some insight into some things that we'll probably be talking about later. Um, did you enjoy the conversation? Yeah, it was good. I'm hungry now, so um, I smell the food cooking. So. Yeah, yeah. I got to throw some, uh, bar- uh, some wing sauce on there. But other than that, it's probably about ready. But, um, yeah, um. I appreciate y'all being with us, man. My, my, my name is Cody Lincoln Jr. 
And it's a wrap. Heard the man. It's a wrap, man. I'm Cody Senior. And I'm Jasmine. And until next time. All right, we'll talk to y'all later.